Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Monday you will be joining me, Eric Fung, and SG Budget Big Dawn on our weekly segment, Wise and Shine, where we leverage on the latest quirky happenings out there on the internet to answer many of your burning social and personal development questions. Yes, we're all sick and tired of talking about money, so welcome back to Wise and Shine. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Why are Singaporeans feeling so lonely, right? Especially like working-class professionals. There's a chapter in my book about this called Paradox, about us being more connected but disconnected than ever. And that is a global thing. That's not just Singapore. It's different from being alone, right? I mean, that's the, that's yes. the tagline, right? So, so if you're feeling lonely... You have to look at the friends around you. Do they share your same values? Welcome back to Wise and Shine. I'm your host, Reggie, a.k.a. Yorshi Financial Coconut. And I'm Don, your co-host, Eshi Budget Babe. Today on set, we have someone whom some of you might find interesting or even really familiar. Because I know because I grew up seeing you on TV and magazines oh, sometimes. So, so when bad. I saw your name, I was like, is that the same person I know? <laughs> That's not a great way to start. Nah. That's <laughs> I, if you're female, so Reggie had no clue because obviously he's no not clue. a female and he doesn't read no shit. Clue. He doesn't watch girl commercials, no, so he has no idea. But no. all of us, if you guys are female like me and you grew up in the same era as I did, you might find her familiar. So let, we'll let her introduce herself. She's none other than... Hi, I'm Simone Heng and I, yes, I was a former broadcaster and now I'm an author and a speaker around specifically the topic of loneliness and human connection. Nice. Yeah. And you know, they were also excited when they got met. <laughs> I've been away, like last year I was traveling 40% of the year out of Singapore. I really miss Singapore. And so I've been back since November and I'm activating all these events. And I'm, I was so happy to have a local podcast because I'm doing all international podcasts now. Yeah. And so it was so lovely to feel seen and to be able to Of course, we're the get best anchored. local podcast. Come on. Totally. Yeah. I just want to get yeah. back anchored into my, um, yeah. So fitting that we're in like shooting in a clan house on Ansiang Road. Fantastic. Amazing, right? It doesn't yeah. get more local than exactly, that. So we're really excited exactly. to have you back because you kind of disappeared from the scene for quite a while, right? I, I, I didn't know, I didn't follow and we didn't have social media back then. So I didn't know until recently that you went to Dubai and you're doing all these gigs Yeah, so that's where I disappeared too. So yeah. I left um, Singapore in 2009 and I was in the UAE working for Virgin Radio and I was there for five, half, half a decade. And then my mother got ill and I went back to Australia to take care um, of her and then we, and we can talk that's in the book we can talk more about that later but one and a half years into that and I was doing radio in Australia and I just couldn't tahan anymore like I need to be in a global environment I'm a global person we can also talk about that later you know I am genetically miss Singapore I have all four of the official races <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 
Like, don't let my Australian vernacular fool you. Also genetically missing a paw. Genetically missing a paw. At five foot, at five foot one, confirm, confirm, definitely missing. Double confirm. Um, So, you know, my mum is Singaporean Eurasian. My, you know, my dad is Chinese. And when I was growing up in Australia, my friends used to, because my mum has a, she's a green eyed Asian. She has a thick Singaporean accent and she was an RGS teacher. So she has this like very authoritative Singaporean tone. And my Aussie friends are like, is your mum making fun of your dad? And I was like, no, she's a white Asian. She just talks like that. She's not, it hadn't been seen before. But now my girlfriends who are all the shades of the rainbow are raising their kids in Singapore. And I have nieces who are redheads who speak with Singaporean accents. So Mama Heng was starting a trend before (laughs) she knew it was a trend. Exactly. Girls fashion forward, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. And now you're starting a trend too in human connection, something mm. that has really come up in recent years ever since the pandemic. Yeah, I was speaking on it prior to the pandemic. So after I, I came back to Singapore, after we got mum stabilised her care, and then I joined local radio here again for the last four years of my career. And I could just see a lot of things working at that organisation that helped to inform the work that I do now around loneliness and disconnection and I think one of the big trends that I started by writing the book was speaking really about Asian family trauma from actually being in Asia. So a lot of Asian Americans who talk about this, but my mentor once said to me, the topic that you choose for your speaking, your your writing, you should be the best conduit on the earth for it. And if I look at the misfortune of losing my, losing Papa Heng when I was 19 and Mama Heng now not being able to speak and kind of not being completely cognitive, I realized like no one and no one else could have written that book because through that tragedy is this wonderful privilege that I can write from a place that it would never harm my parents. Mm. You know, you, if you're an if you grow up in our culture with Singaporean parents, you don't write about them. You yeah. don't talk about them. They are perfect. But the truth is, for many of our generation, I can't speak for you, Gen Z, but I can speak for late. Gen Y and Gen X is there's a lot of wounds that we carry around having to be high achieving, around having to be subordinate, around having to be obedient at all costs, particularly I see with my Asian female coaching clients, they're having to care for their ill parents, their brothers are kind of free to do what they want. So there's very specific wounds Mm. and um, you can't speak about those wounds unless you're in a place that, you know, I love my parents dearly. They are the inspiration for how I work in the world and live in the world. But you just can't push through that if they're alive or yeah. if they're conscious. Yeah. You because you're in Asia, yeah, because people struggle to differentiate the act from the person. Yeah, but it's true, it's true. I mean, um, I totally relate to what you said. Um, there's a lot that I want to talk about growing up in a super Asian household. All that rules that you said applied to me as well as a child growing up, right? And there were things that my parents did. It probably what they felt was best, but it does lead to certain wounds and trauma that just follow you. And it's a very conscious effort now as a mom for me to break out of that. Yeah. And instead of different Forcing to the inner voice that's my parents' voice when uh, my child does something that I used to do and reacting the way that my parents did to me it's a very conscious effort to say no 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 I have to break this cycle yes. I have to yeah. break and stop this generational trauma I give you an example like the risk of the risk aversion of growing up 
in a Singaporean household, the risk aversion, which is part of our national character. And we talk more about this later, but that risk aversion can on one hand lead to an incredible society like we have here. We don't have crime, we very low crime and all of the great things about Singapore. But also at the same time, it can breed fear depending on who the conduit of the messaging is. So for example, I remember my parents constantly saying if there ever was like a drink on a table, like accident waiting to happen, is an accident waiting to happen? my nieces or even my dog and I'm about to be like that there is an accident waiting and I'm like stop you're putting fear into this child it's not an accident waiting to happen you're making dragon's beard candy and it's a bit of like powdered sugar like it's 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 okay if the child gets the powder on them it's fine but I have I still have that in me even with my godchildren and my nieces like I can hear it wow wow interesting interesting <laughs> and, and I, I know there's a lot to unpack you know in in the Asian How family long do we have? Like, yeah. no it's great it's great, it's great. it makes my life very easy today <laughs> But I think we wanted to kind of really get the ground going on this whole loneliness discussion, right? Because that's the genesis of the book. And we want to also kind of like talk a little bit about like, why are Singaporeans feeling so lonely, right? Especially like working class professionals. A lot of us feel very lonely, you know, and uh, yeah. So, so that's kind of like the epidemic, the loneliness epidemic. Especially in this age where we're so connected. And it's easier than ever before to establish those connections and stay in touch. But people feel inherently a lot more lonely than our parents and forefathers mm. ever did. Mm, mm, and that's such for an irony. many different reasons. Yes, and I know you've touched on a few just now, right? So I, 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 I want to kind of... No, the, I mean, there's the, the, I think there's a chapter in my book about this called Paradox, about us being more connected but disconnected than ever. And that is a global thing. That's not just Singapore. Having been away for 40% of the year last year and being in many different countries and examining one of the things we have on our side is that we're compressed. So even if you're alone working from your flat, you can at least look out and see people. What we're looking at in places like America and Australia with the town planning is that you're not in a saturated environment. So if you live in the suburbs or small town, you can go for months without even having eye contact with another human. You see grass and trees. I, well, the, you know, the dopamine, the oxytocin you get from eye contact or interaction you're not getting. And so one of the things that we complain about lack of space in Singapore is actually in the loneliness situation to our benefit. However, do we acknowledge each other on the street like some other cultures? Not so much. One thing that we do have is this idea of filial culture. So Asian culture in general, we are a collective, which means we don't consider the individual above the collective. And we could see this in the reaction of Singaporeans to the pandemic, how wonderful it was that everyone very quite well followed the rules. And that wasn't the same or consistent in other parts of the world. Um, And that is because this idea that I am making a sacrifice now for the good of the community, of the community bigger than me, and to be of service to them rather than going my individual voice and my individual freedoms are more important, which we see more in Western culture and as someone who sits between those both of those worlds, I'm a mouthpiece for that. I'm not throwing shade onto either. You know, that's a wonderful privilege of being between East and West is that you can notice the difference and articulate it for both sides. However, one of the great things about collectivist culture, which is to do with the science of human connection, is when we are of service to something bigger than ourselves, we get a hit of dopamine oxytocin so we feel good and then the person receiving the act of service gets a hit of dopamine and 
oxytocin. So when you help the auntie across the road with her shopping bags and she's like a hunchback and you're like, auntie, please let me help you. Auntie feels like she's not forgotten from this ancestral tribe that all of us human beings evolved in. We all had safety in numbers. Our worst fear was to be rejected from that grouping of people because we would have died on the savannah or wherever we evolved in. We would have died really quickly. Saber-toothed tiger would have killed us. So on the one sense, when you do an act of service, the person goes, oh my goodness, I'm not forgotten. And then you feel good because you feel more secure that your position in society is more stabilized. So that's why you get feel good hormones too. So there's a lot of things that actually are playing in our favor being part of Singaporean society. So the way our cities are planned, super condensed, we're always seeing other human beings. And number two, that collectivist idea of contribution to something bigger than ourselves. We could talk more about the problems in a moment if you, if you want. Mm -hmm. No, but, but what you're saying is relative to other countries which are like more spread it, you know, more yeah, town Yeah, more planning. individualistic yeah, in nature. Yeah, so yeah. relative to them, we're doing better. Right. That's yeah. that's from your objective. We have that playing in our favor. Okay. But then uh, relative to where we were, or no, or at least that's how everyone yeah. feels. I mean, because we didn't we didn't grow well, up we in are the very techie. Right? So, we so, are yeah. very techy. We live in Wakanda. Honestly, when I come in through the airport, it's like catching a bus. I'll just scan, long term pass holder, just go through, you know, and as a result of all this, I order with a QR code when I dine. Um, Singapore technologically compared to other parts of the world is so advanced. And that technology technology is impeding some social connection behaviors. And that's where we get the comparison with the generations that came before, mm, mm, right? Yeah. And there, what we're seeing with the next generation, so your children's generation, which is worrying, those people that didn't grow up with an analog childhood is, you know, they're basically having to use connection cards to prompt them of how to speak to people. You know those card decks that you've been seeing everywhere? Have you been seeing these? No. Oh, they're massive around the world. Connection card decks. People use them for events and they they prompt questions because people are no longer curious. So I, with an analog childhood, have a natural curiosity to ask you questions about you. But what if you grew up in an era where I could find everything about you from your Instagram profile? So why would I ask you any questions when I meet you? Mm -hmm. You see how that's impeding the way our brain works already to connect. So if you don't have a curiosity about people, you don't ask them questions. If you don't ask people questions, you don't get vulnerability or emotional disclosure. And we need vulnerability and emotional disclosure to connect on a less than service level. So that's really important. I want to dive deeper on like the factors in Singapore, right? That's causing all these loneliness and, and all that jazz. Right? Because I know sometimes I feel like, oh yeah, you know, it's great, right? You, you know a lot of people, people, a lot of people know you, great, go for it, right? But sometimes I feel like, oh my God, this is so lame, right? Like, like I feel lonely, right? It's different from being alone, right? I mean, that's the, that's yes. the tagline, right? So what are some other things that you've observed in Singapore that's causing this loneliness? Sure. Yeah. So firstly, let's define loneliness, right? Loneliness is the perception of the gap between the kind of human connection and the type of human connection you desire and the kind of and type of human connection you're currently receiving. So we can see that's why people can be in marriages and feel lonely with their partner because that partner... Um, it, they are perceiving that the partner is not supplying their connection needs. You can be in a room full of your relatives at Chinese New Year and feel completely lonely and unseen amongst people who maybe their values don't resonate anymore or they don't talk to you about the things that you value. So the values are really important. So if you're feeling lonely, 
you have to look at the friends around you. Do they share your same values? What you're saying is loneliness essentially is a gap between expectation and reality. And more importantly, the word perception, your perception yeah. of the expectation reality. And that's important because the lonely brain cycles. And this is very important. Okay. Before you cut all your friends off or do all this stuff. Yeah. Bye. Uh, yeah. You know, like <laughs> let's not go down that gram way of living life. So what's really important is that you identify it's the perception. It you could be surrounded by lots of loving people. And this is where we see with a lot of mental health disasters that happen. You'll be surrounded by people who deeply love you, but the lonely brain creates a loop and a spiral that does a few things. It tells you to isolate even further, even though human connection is what you need. It tells you to hold your existing human connections to a higher standard than is reasonable. For example, in my position, I'm a 39-year-old single female and my girlfriends have husbands and kids. And so I see them during the week, but I know unless um, I am invited, largely Saturday and Sunday is for hubby and kids. Now, the lonely brain would tell me, well, cut them off. They're not making time for you. And the lonely brain would tell you, that is a higher standard than is reasonable. Of course, someone's children is a higher priority than you, their single friend. The rational brain says, oh, well, honey, Simone, you're an entrepreneur. So you take your weekends during the week and you work on the weekends when your friends are busy. That's being reasonable. But the lonely brain will not tell you to do that. The lonely brain will say, no one remembers me. I'm all alone. No one can understand. For me specifically, when mum became paralyzed, I had this thought, what other 29-year-olds, 30-year-olds would want to have me at a dinner table when I'm the only one who has a father in a grave and a mother in a wheelchair and they couldn't possibly understand me. And I use that as an excuse to no longer accept invitations or to go out places. And so it spiraled. So the lonely brain then intervenes and makes life more difficult because it adds on to all these negative thoughts. And you just keep spiraling, yes. even if that's not and true. And therefore, your, your brain also doesn't know what is real and what is perception. No, no, because I just had this episode like two weeks ago. So so now I was I was in my own home, like, you know, like in this place I've set up to to kind of feel safe and all that jazz, right? But, you know, um, things... Mine too. I pimped my HDB. <laughs> Can we say pimped anymore? I'm so 2000s. Yeah, I had this exactly what you were just describing, right? Which I was in my room, you know, like things were... Things were not like bad, but they were just like off the day, right? And then I felt this big disjoint between like what 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 I wanted and what is happening. Yes. And then I went on this whole crazy, you know, thing of trying to cut people off, right? Breaking up and all that stuff, right? So so and then I was like, what the hell is this? But two days later, after I kind of settled it down, then it, it just like no more. This yeah. thing is done. Irrational brain kickback. Yeah, yeah. So, so exactly this, what but this what is. Congratulations to you. It's because you have, yes, and this yes. is the subject <laughs> of my second book. You have a high level of self connection, mm. so you could identify from a third voice that hey, this is out of character. Um, I need to sit with this. I need to breathe through this and re-look at this when I'm in a better place. Now, people without a high level of self-connection, self-connection I define as the awareness of one's own experience in any moment, which means it is also fleeting in every moment. If you don't have that level of self-connection, you will go straight to cutting your friends off. You'll be completely reactive. And so that is really our biggest answer to some of the symptoms of loneliness is self-connection practice. 
Mm. Well, we're going real deep today. Yeah. But I'm so grateful that you didn't go and do that. I, I got really close on New Year's Eve. Um, Christmas, I was fine. But New Year's Eve, I got real close to, you know, that time of year is is so trying for many of us who've lost our parents or who are away from family. It's just trying. Even though you can substitute in with friends or whatever, it's... It's different. Mm. Yeah, it's different, especially as Asians. You know, family, we are taught from when we come out of the womb that family is number one. And so for me, it's always a, a testing time of year. And I sat with it and I breathed through it and I let it pass through me um, because I know all the science behind it. So I know neurologically what's going on. And so if you're watching this, please don't feel ashamed that you're lonely. It's now epidemic proportions. So for example, one in three Americans feel that they don't have anyone that they can truly talk to. And that truly talk to someone is a real indicator of a precursor to loneliness. Mm -hmm. So one in three, whew. We don't know the stats yet completely for Singapore. So I think it would be safe to assume that the numbers might be similar to especially we look at the working adults. And one thing that we've realized is as we build our careers, folks in the 20s, 30s, basically after you graduate. And also our aging population too. If we were to do the stats on the aging population that didn't have, um, who are your aunties and uncles who never got married or had have kids, can you imagine upcoming Chinese New Year for them? Oh. Oh, I would, Social we, expectations. Should, we should totally do an event eventually just for elderly people, Chinese New Year, who don't have any family to go to. Mm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. We could use this I'll facility. Join you, I'll join you in this initiative, right? So let, that is actually yeah. a really, as we have an increasing aging population, this is, this is what will happen for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So going back to that feeling of loneliness, I think it's something that we feel no, a you, lot. You were talking about the corporate... Work. Yes, yeah. in Singapore. Yeah. So as you get busy with your career, yeah. you start having kids. You know, you start to well, get into the point. Of course, because it's something <laughs> that I can this. relate I to. Like, yeah, yeah. Right? Society like, expects me to do everything. I right? spent yeah. a lot of times catching up with my friends in my twenties before I got married and I had kids. But the moment the kids entered my life, my entire weekends and evenings are all with them. Mm. And I see my best friend maybe like once a year. Mm. I got so excited when she told me that she was moving back into my neighborhood. Oh. But since she's moved back, we've literally only seen each other less than 10 times. I and she's not just as So many of my mum friends say this because it's not necessarily the parents of your children, like the parents of your children's friends that you get along with and can have deeper meaning com for conversation. Sometimes you might meet them at the kindergarten and actually really dislike them, but the children get along. And so you have to do play dates with them and hang out with them. Doesn't mean that you feel more connected to the mm -hmm. parents of your kids' friends, right? Mm -hmm. Your friends are still your friends that have the values aligned. So one of the things I think my two besties have done really well is that they've never gotten rid of their... Um, their girlfriends. So I still have a place at the table. Um, and you made me realize that maybe I always feel like 
I might be a burden to them, but I'm probably providing a lot of adult conversational connection that is a need for them that they're not getting at the playground. <laughs> You know, because it is, it's more transactional. It's like, oh, that's your kid there. Oh, you're, okay, what are they doing for their exams? Or what school book do I need to buy? Or, you know, it's it's transactional conversation. It's very surface level conversation yes. that doesn't go into the whole vulnerability part. Like, this is how I feel with my career right now, in my marriage right now. You don't open up as much. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you the big answer to this and also to the cutting off issue. So I never cut off. I just move a friend to a different rung of my of the five kinds of connections. So chapter two in our book talks about the five kinds of human connection that you need. And you need connections in all of these. So firstly, the transactional connection you're talking about are called micro connections. And don't discount them. We all miss them during the pandemic. Just the smile at your Starbucks barista, the, the I eye know, contact. I great the, friends um, with my neighbors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just start, <laughs> but even, which we didn't talk for, you know, ever. You know, there are um, old tier two aunties in my HGB estate that can't speak a word of English. And we just like acknowledge each other. We just smile. I can't speak their language. They can't speak mine. We just have that moment of oxytocin <laughs> and that isn't um, at all bad because what we know with micro connections is that the superficial conversation can act as a gateway to something deeper so if you pay attention to the other mums at the school who are the ones talking about a clue of the things that you're interested in that could be a gateway to bring them deeper so the next rung is relational connection and these are the people in your neighborhood like during the pandemic your neighbor could lend you something that you really needed and throw it across the threshold of your door this is feeling you're part of a social fabric so there's a net to catch you so we find this normally it's about a group of 15 people you find this in your kin so uncle and auntie who are not your best buddy they don't get invited to Chinese New Year they're on the peripheral ring but you are something to them and they are something to you and you can ask them for help in terms of can I borrow your steamboat maker so I have a cousin that I borrow her steamboat maker every year um, we are connected in that way but we're not super close do you understand what I mean I get it I get yeah, it okay. and I think more people should do that right like one steamboat yeah. maker can feed the whole kampong and you know, I know what's going to do steamboat every you, day you've right? just highlighted something incredible by yeah. saying kampong this idea of the village effect we prospered as Homo sapiens became dominant as a species by our ability to demonstrate mutual care. So we survived in those tribes because when we went to sleep at night, we could sleep because a different tribes member would take turns to keep watch while we slept. If we hadn't had mutual care like that, we would have all had insomnia and perished Mm -hmm. as Homo sapiens. So when you do things like you borrow a costume of another mum for your kid's dress up day instead of making it from scratch again, you are demonstrating mutual care, right? So this is still important, relational connection. But these are not deep people that you tell your whole life story about your divorce to, okay? Mm. So the next rung of connection, and this is the one that's really important for all the busy working late millennials or millennials feeling lonely, these are intimate connections. And according to evolutionary anthropologist Robin Dunbar, this number's only five people actually. And these are often found in the five people you cohabitate with. If you married well, this is your husband or your wife. They are the people that if you have a solid quality marriage or relationship that you can go really deep with 
they can see you on the toilet and they still love you. <laughs> you know, there's that level of intimacy, warts and all. And for me, with my family trauma, with my parents having passed, I've learned to cultivate this set of five in every country I lived in. So mm. in Dubai, I replicated five. Singapore, I have five. I have five in Australia and I have five in Switzerland where I lived. Mm. And so I have 25. Oh, hold on. 20. How's my math? Definitely an arts person. I have 20. That's a good feeling, right? They're just in different countries. So quick question about these five people, yeah. right? Is there like a time frame, a minimum number of years that you need no. in order to get Not into that all. five from most it's people? It's the level of depth and intimacy. Exactly. So because I am also, I, mean, I, I live in KL, right? So, and I, I grew up here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you one of those commuters? Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't commute every day. But, He's but, but all I, I, last Malaysia. Yeah, so I fly in and then I do all the Good shenanigans for, for, for a week and then I'm out pretty wow. much. Right? So... So I, I have all the five friends here, right? For sure, right? But but in, in KL, when I first went there, I was like, what the hell? What am I doing here? I'm just cafe hopping every day, right? Living the dream, right? <laughs> but, but it's, it's, no, but I it's love really this empty, you. you know? But but eventually, I, I, I did what, what you did, which is like, you kind of recreate it. I'm like a three, maybe, not like five, you know? Yeah. But but it's like, oh, this person's very interesting. Let's just meet again, you know? Yeah. Again, again, and again. And then eventually it became like, oh, this is cool. And for me, it, and it can become like a global matrix for example of my Dubai five and so when I've been going because my publishers in the, in the UK so last year when we launched I was in the UK a lot and I was able to take the train to Winchester take the train to Cambridge and see my girlfriends now with their kids and I'm part of their family and they actually have a full family now not like when we were in our 20s and to still feel that depth of connection when the kids went to bed and we sat down on the couch in our pajamas and we could still have those deep you know they'd tell me about their husbands I'll tell them about some idiot I went on a date with like we still have that that depth. So I don't think it's about location. I don't think at all that it's about um, duration of time. And I think a lot of like my Singaporean cousins will always say there's this feeling of loss when the school friends, the secondary school friends that you're so tight with, and then there's that change that happens, yeah. right? And that feeling of loss. And I said, don't worry, la, go out and recreate. Go make your Fab Five again. So to reiterate, we have done... Our micro connections, relational connection, intimate connection. We've talked about self-connection. That's one of the other types, that connection with yourself. If you don't have that good connection with yourself, you can't connect with others. You know why? Because you do stuff like cut them off, have a tantrum at them, because you have no awareness in that moment what's going on with you. So that's really, for me, that's the number one. And then your intimate connections are so vital. If you don't have those, a whole bunch of mental health issues, you don't survive long. You need those close five. And that is what we see now with the proliferation of men's groups everywhere. It's encouraging men to be vulnerable because historically, um, there's great research on this. Women go narrow and deep with connection. Men go shallow and wide. And so it's this wonderful movement now encouraging men to discuss and go deeper, which I think is powerful. And just bear with me. Last type is collective connection. That's what we're doing here. You, The three of us are not best buddies, but we have an interest in the same topics. And you can find these in your cycling groups, in your mahjong group, in your I like to eat durian in the heat and sit on a crate group. You, Whatever it is that you have this common interest, that makes you feel seen maybe beyond your marriage, beyond, you know, so you're all into the same thing. And don't underestimate this. You know, there have been young men who have gone across the world to, to join extremist groups because they didn't feel that their family understood, you know, they felt 
collective loneliness. And for them, that loneliness was so profound that they did extreme things. So where you can join hobby groups, do it. You don't have to be telling your life story to these people. A lot of people find this in church groups or religious groups. That is what the original religion originally was created for, was to provide collective connection through the thread of common belief. Let's talk a bit about how this has shifted in the last few decades. In our parents' time, our grandparents' era, these used to be physical connections. You would yes. literally meet these people. And people would drop in unannounced. Oh. Yes, correct. Now, now you're like, how can you not text me? Why are you knocking on my door if you're not Deliveroo? Who yes, are you? Yes, it gets a bit scary. It's a bit scary. I get scared and the dog about. I was like, alamak, who is here? Yeah. Who could be here right now? Yeah, oh, Amazon yeah. Prime Delivery. No, but so like, no, but I, I stayed in my godma during the pandemic. She loved it when people just crashed at the door. I know. To them, it's, then, to them it's like, amazing. It's not, wow. They love it. Yeah, it's like, it's oh, it's for me. I'm like, I'm offended. Yeah, Why to, are you here? Like, hey, bro, what you want? Yeah. I am watching a, a binge day of succession. <laughs> Why are you here? So I... I was staying with my host mother in Switzerland just after the book launch because I was already in the UK and then it's just a one-hour flight to Switzerland. And I was so jet-lagged and sleep-deprived and I didn't get any sleep to the point she apologized to me. She said, I'm so sorry, I didn't know. People were driving in from Germany, just staying in the spare room. People walk over from the rest of the village. Oh, I heard your exchange student from the year 2001 is here. I'm coming like to meet her and I, and they would just expect me to be talking with them. I was so jet lagged. My eye was like twitching, but their um, social stamina, the generation for us, their social stamina is huge. So I'm on TikTok, right? And like Gen Z will write to me, I don't need any human connection. I just need Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> and, then, and then the next thing they'll say is, I have social anxiety. And I want to say, okay, maybe you do. Has that been diagnosed? But maybe it's also because the less socialization we do and the more typing and texting we do and the less in-person we do, our social stamina decreases. So it feels more effortful for us mm. than it does for Godma or host mother Irene in the village, or for your parents, it feels, it's more tiring for us. I get more tired definitely than what I saw her doing for that week that I was there, like hosting randoms, opening, like changing bedding to host the spare room for people just driven over. It was incredible to watch and and I think that's a that's a Singaporeans lack that also because we don't have a lot of spare space to have all sorts of random, <laughs> yeah, random things yeah, all to come room. yeah whereas where, where I stay now it's like oh and many rooms are all en suite like, you want to stay or not come 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 yeah so <laughs> it's so funny you say that I have a spare room and I, I paid through the nose to live in the HGV with this many rooms actually but I have always kept that spare room there because I know as a single woman when I travel like the kindness of my friends to open that to me and I really wanted to have that room to open it back to, to and your I have I've had because Singapore is somewhere where a lot of people do connections through so I've had single uh, my single brothers and sisters come through but now it's getting real dark because I'm like buying real atas like M&S hand wash and like <laughs> I'm pimping it out mega um, in the hope that it will draw even more people to stay when they yeah, come through yeah. and that's my bid for connection. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's a big part of being able to connect and, you know, not be so lonely, right? It's, it's yeah, really having that space ease. to even do yeah. it. Yeah, I said my personal trainer, yeah. you fight with your boyfriend, don't worry, you'll come here, spare yeah. room for yeah. you. <laughs> you fight with him, don't worry. Yeah, There's yeah. a kind, you know, like it's getting dark. 
dark. Yeah, it's true. No, it's true. But, but, but I think that that's a big part of why a lot of Singaporeans are also very lonely because you, you're just so optimized. You have no space for Absolutely. any other thing. Uh, uh, Everything the way our is housing optimized. Is, done is, is not built yeah. for that. Yeah. But on the other hand, we have this wonderful um, culture of connection over food. And maybe if I ever learn to actually cook, that could be one of my future books. But this idea in Asian culture of food being love as a conduit for love, I write about that also in um, in the book. And this idea that maybe I don't have the biggest living space, but how we could go share a super delicious yet very cheap meal and be together. So downstairs from my block, there's all those uncles in the white singlet at, at the food court. And they are there at hours that are people even awake at these hours. And they have a cigarette and they're talking. And it reminded me of um, in Greece, all the old Greek uncles with their massive stomachs would sit out there in the beating sun, drinking, you know, coffee with their with their buddies and having lunch. And that lunch would stretch for three hours. This is in Mykonos when I was there. And I was like, wow, the generation above us in every culture has these consistent. And here is our generation so lonely that we have to construct men's groups. And they are just doing it naturally. Yeah, yeah. I guess the bigger question is, in our generation, a lot of us are finding these human connections online, Wi-Fi connection, right? But how much of it can really be substituted online versus in person? I think, yeah, I think it's, you can't, you can't. But definitively, you hear it here. Oh, digital connection is the way station. It is not the destination. That one go viral, confirm. That goes into a shot. <laughs> and that, that is backed by the late <laughs> Professor John Cassiopo, who is like the key um, authority on loneliness. And uh, it, it's just so true. Yeah. It's never going to give up. There's no um, firm research to say we get as many of the feel-good hormones from like watching a video of, even my nieces, I watch a video, I think, ah, so cute. I feel good, you know, like, but it's not the quota that you get from this. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and But but as, as an extension of the phenomenon where our generation or maybe even the generation after is having a reduced stamina to have yes. all these connections, I think it's also, it's also time to kind of like build it back up, right? Like, as with all stamina, what also got stamina everything also got stamina right so so you kind of have to build this eventually and then kind of kind of go towards that like. I think social media has also changed that because in the past you would need to have a two-way conversation to learn about these kind of things like oh what's going on you have a video call you'll meet up and you'll learn these data but now you just pull up that person's Instagram stories Facebook live and you see that and it's a one-way consumption you don't necessarily leave comments all the time as well and say like good job or well done and you just consume so there's no oh, reciprocity that's very Singaporean centric mm, Don wants you to leave a comment below yeah. and say good <laughs> yes, job well done Singaporeans send me the best direct messages ever. If I talk about trauma or all the big stuff, they send me the most beautiful direct messages. All the Australians, British, they write publicly lah. They don't care, don't care. But there's always, because we live in a very small city, this fear that someone we recognized. So I have wonderful voice note conversations in the DMs. I've recommended therapists. And if you do social media right, it's still a way station. So what I've done with my own business is built this 11,000 people email list and counting. And we host in-person events. And we just meet up to watch a movie and connect and talk about our, we're going to do connection goals. But one of those big things is creating in-person connection, not just online. And we can do it, but it takes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Us discussing like right now and having the awareness around it to enable those things to happen. Otherwise, people are tired. It's an expensive city. Everyone's working hard. Doesn't matter whether you're local expat, everyone is really pushing themselves now after the GST thing. Oh my God. Like, you know, we're pushing ourselves to work. So people are scrolling and not engaging. You're right, Don. But what if we could get the message out there, which is what I try to do, is that this is not going to satiate you and it has repercussions long-term. Wow. I feel, I feel like I'm being hurt, you know? Really? <laughs> like someone knows knows what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's so, my job. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing a good job, good. right? So that's great. That's, that's why great. The, so many Singaporeans bought the first iteration of the book, you know, because it was it was just, it was amazing. It went like viral because it it's was great. saying it's things great. that people were too shy to say. Yeah, yeah, And people yeah, felt yeah. hurt and recognized and yeah, yeah, recognizing that in the book. It's amazing. So stay for part two, right? <laughs> where we continue to discuss like this whole human connection side of things right because loneliness is just the situation but what can we do to then overcome this in a tangible way right so see you for part two nice thank you yeah.